Hello and welcome to the Giants of the Faith podcast, episode 69. My name is Robert Daniels and I'm the host of this show where we look at the lives of influential Christians from the past 2,000 plus years. And we do this for a few reasons, and chief among them is that so we can be inspired to fully serve the kingdom of God. Now we've been following the chain of faith from Edward Kimball to D.L. Moody and then from Moody to Wilbur Chapman on through Billy Sunday and Mordecai Ham until we finally reach the man himself, William Franklin Graham. A Graham needs little introduction, so we'll just jump right into the story. Billy Graham was born on November 7, 1918 in Charlotte, North Carolina, to a dairy farming family. His father was William Sr. and his mother was Morrow, and Billy was the oldest of four children. His parents were devout Christians, and they did their best to raise Billy in the faith. But as a young boy, however, he was interested in almost anything other than the church, especially if that anything was baseball or music. Billy detested church. He did develop a strong work ethic, however, and that served him well throughout his life. But when Billy was 16 years old, he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ at a Charlotte Revival meeting led by Mordecai Ham. Ham was in town because Billy Sunday had a scheduling conflict, and God used Ham's preaching to call and convict young Billy. He gave his life to Christ in a tent, and he later said, I did not have any tears. I did not have any emotion. I did not hear any thunder. There was no lightning. But right there, I made my decision for Christ. And thereafter, Billy began to pray and study the Bible for the first time. He thought that he might be called to become a preacher, and so he enrolled at Bob Jones College in Cleveland, Tennessee. Bob Jones himself was an American evangelist who, in 1927, founded Bob Jones College in Panama City, Florida. He wanted to give Christian students somewhere to go for higher education that was free from the atheistic, evolutionary teaching that was working its way into the secular schools. He wanted a fundamentalist, higher learning institution, and Bob Jones College was it. Jones himself was something of a cross between a hard-lined fundamentalist and an intellectual Calvinist, and I'm sure we'll cover him in more detail at some point. Anyway, Bob Jones College was forced to move to Tennessee from Florida in 1933 after some financial difficulties, and that's where Graham briefly attended. Now, just to close the loop on Bob Jones, enrollment surged after World War II due to the GI Bill, and Bob Jones College became Bob Jones University and moved to Greenville, South Carolina in 1947. Graham and Bob Jones had something of a feud, or tiff, that led to a rift in the evangelical movement in the United States. And I plan to cover that in more detail in an upcoming bonus episode. And we might see a full episode on Bob Jones at some point in the future, too. Billy Graham quickly decided that Bob Jones' college wasn't for him, and he left for the Florida Bible Institute in Temple Terrace, Florida. The Florida Bible Institute, which is now known as Florida College, had purchased the Temple Terrace Golf Club for back taxes. Now, Temple Terrace is a small city on the outskirts of Tampa, Florida. And actually, at this point, it's pretty much surrounded by Tampa, but in Graham's day, it was a separate thing all on its own. And while Graham was studying at Florida Bible, he'd often go for long walks on the golf course. And sometimes he'd play too. And it was on one of these long walks that Graham felt God's final call to preach. He sank to his knees on the edge of the 18th green and he gave in. He later wrote about this event. The moonlight, 
The moss, the breeze, the green golf course, all the surroundings stayed the same. No sign in the heavens, no voice from above. But in my spirit, I knew I had been called to the ministry, and I knew that my answer was yes. Graham began to practice his preaching, but he was shy, very shy. So, often his college classmates would see him, having rowed over, on one of the small islands in the middle of the Hillsborough River. There wasn't a soul around, only the birds and alligators that Graham would preach to emphatically. He'd also take trips into downtown Tampa to evangelize the drunks all along Franklin Street. And he'd got the chance to preach in churches and in tent revivals and tent meetings throughout the city. And it was in Tampa and Temple Terrace that Graham really began to hone his craft. He graduated from Florida Bible in 1940 and moved on to Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. He was a student there until 1943 when he graduated with a degree in anthropology. And he also met his future wife, Ruth Bell, at Wheaton. Ruth was the daughter of medical missionaries in China, where she was born. The couple had five children and remained married until Billy Graham's death. It was at Wheaton that Graham felt called to be not just a preacher, but an evangelist. He would later serve as a trustee of the college, and he was awarded an honorary doctorate in 1956. He often spoke at the school and he even donated his papers to it upon his death. Graham began his ministry as a pastor in two small Southern Baptist churches in Illinois, the Village Church of Western Springs and Wheaton Gospel Tabernacle. But he soon felt the urge to reach out to more people with the message of salvation. He joined Youth for Christ, an organization that held rallies for young people across the country. He also started his own radio program, Hour of Decision, which broadcasted his sermons to a wider audience. In 1949, Graham held his first major crusade in Los Angeles, California, which lasted for eight weeks and attracted hundreds of thousands of people. The event received national attention and launched Graham's career as a mass evangelist. It was organized by the group Christ for Greater Los Angeles, which invited Graham to be the preacher. It started on September 25th, 1949, and was planned to go for three weeks, but it was extended to eight due to overwhelming response. It took place in a large circus tent, nicknamed the Canvas Cathedral, that could hold about 6,000 people, but it was later enlarged to 9,000 and still proved too small. During the crusade, Graham spoke to about 350,000 people, and more than 3,000 of them converted to Christianity. He preached about the need for repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as the only way to salvation. The crusade attracted the attention of the media, especially after William Randolph Hearst, a newspaper tycoon, sent a telegram to his editors, Puff Graham. This resulted in nationwide coverage of Graham and his message, and contributed to the eventual success and explosion of Graham's career. The crusade also drew some famous personalities, such as Stuart Hamblin, a popular radio host who announced his conversion on air, Louis Zamperini, a former Olympian and prisoner of war who found peace in Christ, and Jim Voss, a wiretapper who worked for the mobster Mickey Cohen and later became a Christian missionary. Now that sounds like an interesting story. Might be somebody we feature in the future. The crusade was considered the greatest revival since Billy Sunday's heyday. Sunday, as you should already know, 
was a forerunner to Graham on the evangelism circuit. The success of the meetings and the coverage of it introduced evangelicalism as an influential force in American culture. It marked the beginning of Graham's long and fruitful ministry that spanned six decades and reached millions of people around the world. And that's where we'll stop with this episode. Billy Graham having just preached first of his many evangelical crusades. In the next episode, we'll finish out Graham's story and wrap up this chain that we've been following for the last few episodes. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you're so inclined, please drop by Apple's podcast app or wherever you listen to the show and rate the show. I appreciate every rating and review I've received and would love to have a few more five-star ratings. Until next time, God bless.